Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. Today is a very, very unusual and amazing story. There was a certain chassid of the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, who often had very long meetings with the Alter Rebbe. Now, this type of meeting is called a yechidus, and it's not just a meeting for a conversation. It's a yechidus that is a unification. That is that the two souls become like one during that time. And this is what a private audience, a private meeting with a tzaddik is referred to as yechidus, a private meeting in which the chassid and the rebbe or the person who is meeting with the rebbe for this purpose, for spiritual guidance and so forth, it's called yechidus. It's a unity of the two souls. And so this particular chassid, for whatever reason, was able to have very long meetings with the Rebbe, very long yechidasin. And one time, he was in yechidas with al Rebbe, he was in a private meeting with al Rebbe, some discussing whatever it was that they were discussing. And al Rebbe actually went out for a couple minutes. He left the room for a couple minutes. The chassid looked around the room and he saw a clock. A clock on the Alter Rebbe's desk. And he noticed that the clock was not the right time. He looked at his watch and it was not the same as the Alter Rebbe's clock. And he had recently been in the capital city of Petersburg where there was the official clock of the capital of the city of Petersburg, which was the capital of the country of Russia. And this special clock, a watchtower, a watchtower in the middle of the city, had the official time. And therefore, he knew that the time on the clock on the Alta Rebbe's desk was not correct. So he thought, okay, I'll do a favor for the Rebbe. And he adjusted the clock a few minutes or whatever it was, so it should be correct. The Alta Rebbe came back into the room he looked at the clock, he saw that the chassid had changed it, and he said to him as follows. He said, this clock is to keep track of the time at which the new name, the, 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 uh, the different name of Hashem is influencing the world. What the Altarev meant was that every hour a different name of Hashem has influence here in the world. Hashem's name can be spelled various ways, and each way has a different spiritual significance, and it affects us. It affects the whole world, and it's a spiritual thing. As the Altar Nebuchadnezzar put it, in, in Atzilis, in the highest spiritual realm, this is what's going on, that at this particular time, this next name of Hashem, every hour there's a different name of Hashem, which is dominant and affects the whole world, the whole universe. And Altarev's clock on his desk is keeping track of which time it is that the 
different name, the next name of, of Hashem is dominant. So obviously, Dr. Rebbe did not have the wrong time on his clock. It was a different time than the official time on the clock at uh, the Watchtower in the capital city of Petersburg, Lahavdil. But that's because it was measuring something else. It was measuring a spiritual time. And so we see from this story something very interesting. Sometimes the clock will tell us that we must do a certain thing because it's time to do that thing. However, there's also such thing as the time for a certain mitzvah. And it might be that even though it's not exactly what you would expect that a person should be doing at that particular time, a certain mitzvah, or perhaps you might think that the person or yourself or myself doesn't really have time to do a certain mitzvah, but it could be that in terms of the spiritual time, it's exactly the time to do a mitzvah. And I will give you an example. One time it happened that the Rebbe had arrived at 770 Eastern Parkway, which is where the world headquarters of Chabad is and where the Rebbe's office is. And his driver brought him to the curb. And it was pouring rain. Now, the Rebbe did not use an umbrella for whatever reason. And therefore, when he got out of his car, he started to get very wet. It was pouring rain. Now, it so happened that there was a little girl who was waiting for the Rebbe to come. And as soon as she saw the Rebbe come, she came down from the steps where she was standing, perhaps in a protected area, to the Rebbe's car. And in her hand, she had a little, like, toy umbrella. And she came over and offered to hold the umbrella for the Rebbe. Now, as I said, the Rebbe never used an umbrella. No one ever held an umbrella for the Rebbe. He didn't want it. But when this little girl, about four years old, offered to hold the umbrella... <laughs> over the Rebbe's head, <laughs> which, of course, she couldn't very well uh, really protect the Rebbe from the rain because it was a really small toy umbrella. And the Rebbe was obviously much taller than her, but she was offering to hold her umbrella for the Rebbe. So the Rebbe bent down very far <laughs> until he was on the same level as the little girl. And he walked very slowly, so he could walk at the same pace as this little girl. Usually the Rebbe walked quite quickly. He walked very slowly. And the little girl held the, <laughs> held the umbrella over the Rebbe's head, and he walked very slowly so she could keep up, keep up with him from his car along the sidewalk, up the steps, it was quite a distance. It was maybe uh, 60 feet, something like that. And it was pouring rain. 
So obviously they were actually both getting wet. Uh, in a little bit, the umbrella protected the Rebbe, but mostly he was obviously getting very wet. Until he came up to the top of the steps, and he was about to go into his uh, into the building, and he turns to the little girl with a big smile, and he said, thank you. That was his story. Now we know that the Rebbe was a very per- busy person, very busy person. He was constantly doing so many things and helping so many people and in charge of so many things. How did he have time to to waste like this? How did he have time for that? So, of course, on the regular clock, he would say, well, you know, uh, that's two minutes or whatever, and the Rebbe has a day full, full, full of things that are very, very important, not just to him, but to the whole world that he has to take care of. And you might say, he doesn't have these two minutes extra for this little girl. But the Rebbe's clock is a different clock. And it was clear that it was very important. It was very important for this little girl to be able to do a favor for the Rebbe. And she did. As a matter of fact, she kept this umbrella. And she kept it probably for her whole life. Maybe she's still alive. And about 15, 20 years later, when she got married, she actually walked to her chuppah holding this umbrella. So, of course, people who didn't know the story looked at her and thought, what? What is this? A kala on the way to the chuppah. Holding a toy umbrella? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what kind of color is this? What kind of chasen is this? But those who knew, or those who heard afterwards, understood very well. This was not an ordinary umbrella. This was an umbrella which had a long story behind it, which I just told you. A very special umbrella. It represented something very special. The special attention which the Rebbe gave this kala when she was a little girl in that pouring rainstorm. And this also is a lesson for us too. We might not have such an umbrella. (laughs) I'm not saying that you should go out and buy such an umbrella. But the point of it is that we often have situations where we could do a favor for somebody and we might think, I don't have time, I'm a busy person, I have a lot of important things to do. This thing this person's asking me for, it's a child or it's a person that doesn't matter that much or whatever. So the Rebbe's showing us, no, it's not true. A favor for a Jew, this could be the very reason why Hashem sent us down to this world. As the Baal Shem Tov said, that a soul comes down to this world and live 70, 80 years, even to do one favor for one Jew. And maybe this is the favor. And therefore, whenever we have an opportunity, we should always try to grab the chance, grab the opportunity to do a favor for a Jew, because a favor for a Jew 
is immeasurable how important it is. It's so important that even for one favor, Hashem could have sent our soul down to this world, even for one favor. If so, of course, we should do a lot of such favors. But each favor that we can do for another Jewish person is so, so important. Now, of course, we can't actually do a favor every single time that we're asked. Most probably, there'll be times when we just can't. But nevertheless, we should never think it's unimportant. But Abba showed it to this story, even for a little girl who was really asking something that was really just kind of a make-believe thing. She wasn't really protecting the Rebbe from the rain, but she felt good about it. And that's important. To help another Jew feel good is very important. And can bring the Geula and such a favor. But this also comes under, under the category of the mitzvahs, the learning of Taita and tefillah that we are doing to try to help the soldiers in the IDF and all the Yidden in Eretz Yisrael to defeat our enemies, the Hamans of our time, the thousands and thousands of Hamans of our time. We have to defeat them because each one of them wants to kill Yidden, Chaz v'shalom. Therefore, we have to kill them first. And it's very, very important that we have victory, a complete victory. And how do we here, who are not in the IDF, or not in the Israeli police force or whatever, how do we help through our mitzvahs? Of course, learning taita, doing the actual mitzvahs of the taita, davening. But sometimes just a favor for a yid, a favor for another Jewish person can be so so important. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and more.